I said to myself, like, hey, man, like, you're here for a reason. Like, you belong here. It's, you're not here by accident at all. You put in the work. So just kind of go prove it. If it's, if it's not enough, then it's not enough. Four. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Well, hey, everyone, welcome to another edition of Golf Talk Washington. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. Boy, we're heading into the real dog days of summer, aren't we? Where the hell do 90-degree days come from in Seattle? Good news is we don't have to play that way all summer anyway, but uh, suddenly I think cart rental's going to be way up for at least a few days around here. Hey, doesn't it seem like everyone is playing in a tournament of some kind or another right now? It seems like every course you go to, there's the club championship. Uh, We had the USAM at Bandon Dunes just wrapping up here. Uh, We got a ton of tournament golf going on, not only for the best players, but for you and me. Well, one of the most impressive displays in, in recent times, all with Colin Murakawa, of course, a couple of weeks ago at the at PGA Championship at Harding Park. But this week, in case you missed it, Redmond's Sean Cato, who is a rising junior at Oregon State, put on an absolutely stunning display of golf in the Washington State Amateur at Chambers Bay. He went wire to wire to take our state's most prestigious title, joining the likes of Fred Couples, Joel Damon, and on and on and on. Anyway, for those who don't follow competitive golf, at least when it comes to the amateurs, think of this as the equivalent of the NCAAs in football or basketball. I mean, the legends of the the Michael Jordans of the world, um, you know, at, at North Carolina. I'm dating myself, obviously. Anyway, these are the best of the best young talent, many of them college standouts knocking on the door of the PGA Tour. And in Cato's case... He blazed out to a big lead after two rounds, but then gets to first hole of the third and final round. Double bogey, a couple of slips, some stellar play by his closest challenger, and suddenly he's making the turn just two shots up and then gutted out a really impressive and hard-fought championship title. Well, let me tell you, there is just so much all of us can learn and apply to our own games from the Oregon State Rising Junior and, I should say, Pride of Bear Creek Country Club. Shout out to my good friend David Cass, uh, the GM up there. Anyway, Sean was gracious enough to jump on Zoom with us to share some of his insights, how he practices and prepares, and most of all, how he handles and handled adversity when things aren't going his way, which happened a number of times in the open. I mean, he could have been just another one of those, boy, played great for two rounds and then folded, but he didn't. Uh, We also talked about the uncertainties facing him and all the other college students out there, whether they're athletes or not. My daughter, supposed to be a sophomore, heading back off to college at Villanova in Pennsylvania. That's not happening. Another story for another day. Anyway, I really enjoyed my conversation with Sean, and it's such a treat to share it with you and put this delightful, charming, intelligent, and thoughtful young man in the spotlight. So give it a listen. I I think you're going to get a lot out of it. First of all, congratulations. You know, your name goes alongside Freddie Couples and a ton of other top golfers in, in Washington golf history. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's looking at those names yesterday uh, after I won. Uh, the names on the trophy, like Couples and Joel Damon. And I mean, even recently, like the names like RJ Mankey, Joe Highsmith, uh, Reed Hatley, Chase Carlson, all great players in their own right as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an honor to be on 
a trophy that has so much history and so many great names on it. You know, I don't think, I mean, obviously those of us who follow uh, competitive golf closely recognize what an incredible accomplishment it is. But I just, I don't know if the average Joe, like your friends who you went to Redmond High with who played football and stuff, I don't think they realize how good the players are that are that are competing at the top levels, college players. You know, we have guys that go on that will go on to PGA Tour careers, and you and I will talk about that possibility here in a minute. But is it sort of weird to know, you know, just to sort of know that these are the best of the best, and yet it sort of goes on somewhat in anonymity compared to like if you were a college football player, basketball player, mm-hmm. everybody would know, and chicks would dig you and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a little, little more anonymous, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, it's it's golf has a kind of like a, a a lot smaller, you know. I mean, it's not as televised. It's not as uh, as covered, uh, maybe as well as it should be. Um, it has like maybe like a bad rap for being, you know, like a old man sport or whatever. But I mean, when I'm like standing there on the fifteenth hole and I'm like trying to hit a hundred and forty yard golf shot, I mean, it's under like the pressure, I don't think it's I don't think it's any different than trying to, you know, drive down the field when you're down four points in a football game, or you know, shooting a game-winning three, or you know, hitting a a single to you know win a, ba- a baseball game. I mean, I think the nerves in in any sport are, you know, the same. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to to feel that, and I hadn't felt in a while, and yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. Well, so first round, you go low. What were you, six under after after the first round at Chambers? Um, that was low. actually seven, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, God forbid. You know, I've, <laughs> I've never been seven under in anything, you know, not even yeah. like mini golf. But, yeah, and then the third round, you open up, um, you know, a, a couple of little stumbles there, and all of a sudden the field, you know, you went from having, you know, a pretty comfortable lead to the field starts creeping up. Uh, what's going through your at that? Are you watching? Are you you know you don't have scoreboards out there, obviously, but yeah. are you looking on the phone. Are you keeping track of what's going on behind you? Did you have any idea? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that first day, I was actually eight under going into seventeen and made a silly bogey and parred the eighteenth hole, uh, which is a gettable par five, and I hit it on in two. So it wasn't like the greatest way to finish, but um, I played an amazing round, and then. The second day, too, I got off to a tough start. I was a couple over standing in the eighth fairway. Um, I was able to finish really strong there and shoot a, a really good round for where I was at. Shot three under. Um, yeah, but going into yesterday, the final round, uh, I knew I had a big lead, but I know, I mean, in golf, like, you know, sleeping on the lead uh, for two straight days was I'm not going to say it was easy. Um, and I hadn't really done that even in my junior career. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to like set any expectations or, you know, I knew that I needed to play a solid round of golf. Um, and yeah, it was funny cause I had a tough start. I double bogeyed the first hole, which is a converted par four, number one at chambers. Uh, but I was able to bounce back with birdies on hole three and four. Um, but then, yeah, I wasn't quite fully locked in. Uh, my game wasn't great. Um, and I honestly had no clue. I just knew my my playing competitor, Brian Humphreys, uh, who plays at Boise State, was he was rolling the rock early. 
uh, and knew that it was a battle. It was going to be a battle and you can kind of feel the energy, but I never looked on my phone. I never, my caddy and I had no idea where we were at. We we're just trying to just play as good of, good of a round as I could. Um, I just had kind of had you kind of a feeling when it's, you know, it's close. Um, and I was lucky enough to birdie, um, two of the last three, uh, to end up winning by a shot. And honestly on 18, I had no, I had an Eagle putt on the 18th after hitting a great, uh, three wood from about 260 to that back hole location. And I had no idea if it was to win, if it was, if I had two and I, I tapped in, asked like, did I win? And I was like, hmm. was like yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay. And everything just kind of like my mind was just like, like, thank you. Like, I don't know. It was a, it was a crazy experience. Um, those last, uh, four or five holes there. I assume your phone blew up right after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how, how popular it was. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was cool. Uh, it was, yeah, I didn't look at my phone for a while because we had the awards deal and taking pictures and stuff. But um, yeah, it was really cool to see all that praise, and it it honestly still hasn't really like sunk in fully yet. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a really cool experience to be there that final day. And honestly, if I didn't if I didn't pull it off, I think it would have been just as memorable because it just had been a long time since. I had won something or been in that spot before. Um, so it was, it was really cool to be there. Going into the week, did you feel any different? I mean, you play a lot of competitive golf. You, I assume you've played, you know, uh, Washington, you know, junior golf and yeah. you, play, you played high school, you played college and all that. Have you been in situations where you like knew like, this is my week, I'm feeling it versus, you don't really know what's going to happen and you just start playing. Well, what was it like going into it? Did you have any indication that you were going to be? Yeah. On? Um, it's funny because going into it, I was kind of hitting the ball. Not so great. Um, just a little bit of like really small things, obviously, but I didn't feel like, like physically not great, but I thought mentally it was going to be really good. I've been, I haven't been able to play too much competitive golf. Like, other than this, I played the Oregon Am back in June. But other than that, I mean, it's been like the only competitive taste I've got is like, you know, playing for five bucks and playing for, you know, not a lot. But at the same time, I'm, I feel like I'm a really competitive and driven uh, person. So I, I'm trying to choose as low as I can to win a dollar or five or 10 or whatever it is. Like, I don't care. I just want to, I want to beat you. Um, and I thought that that would carry me through. Um, I thought I did a great job every day of um, like holding my head up, even if I hit bad shots. Cause I definitely did hit a lot of bad shots, but just staying in the moment, just moving on to the next one, not letting it bother me. I did a really, really good job of that more than I had in the past, I think. Um, so yeah, I think I took a really good step forward mentally. Uh, even my game wasn't, as good as it should have been. I think that 
that's what really carried me to the finish line that last hmm. day. It's so interesting to hear you say that because, you know, we don't get to see that. Um, even yeah. even with, with the PGA Tour, you don't really see what's going on inside of a person. And, you know, you, we just see numbers. And, you know, I mean, was it Hogan who famously said he only, you know, hit, you know, even in his best rounds, three really good shots that he was happy with around. Yeah, like perfect shots. Yeah. Yeah. And how how you do don't you hit too many? How do you, so let me ask you this then, because this is, you know, I try and share with the show here. It's not just a news show, but I'd like to share with people how, you know, get something out of it. And, you know, like I played in a pro-am last week. I played last weekend, two rounds at Sahali with some great players, played okay. great. You know, I played really well for me, for my, you okay. know, heavy, you know, 10 handicap plus whatever. Um, but then I played a pro-am at Fairwood Monday and, and literally shit the bed. From the first, I didn't even feel nervous, but it was just, it was funny. Everything sort of fell off, you know, OB right on number one or number 10. And from there, I just could never get it together. So for, for, the, for the listening, you know, when you, you know, your friends, if you were coaching, you mentioned that sort of mental state of that one shot at a time. And it sounds really easy and trite. And we hear it in every interview mm -hmm. ever yes. know, known to man. It's, you know, what, what is it? You know, every Bull Durham, you know, I just take it one pitch at a time, God willing, blah, blah, blah. But. How do you actually do that? Do you train yourself to do it? Do you, have you practiced? Do you have a mental coach? What uh -huh. advice do you have? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, yeah, golf, it's super cliche. I mean, you hear it. Every, all the you know, top mental coaches are saying the same things. Um, but honestly, I, I actually found uh, Trevor Moad. Uh, who is uh, Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Very familiar. Yeah, he is. A, I actually found that really recently um, about um, kind of mental training and what Russell Wilson does. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a decent uh, NFL star in his own right. Um, decent. Go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I was listening to that um, and his things on um, – like thinking and mental and how powerful like your words are. Um, and it's really hard to do. It's really hard to, to tell yourself like you're good. Like when obviously maybe from the outside looking in, like things aren't good. Like, yeah, I just doubled the first hole. I have, I blew my lead, but it's like, I mean, I can still go out and shoot a number. I can still go out and hit the next one as good as I have been. Like there's that the shot that I hit previously does not, is not a determinant of the next one. And that's not who I am. And I know that deep down. Um, and I said, I had a lot of good um, positive self-talk this week was huge for me. Uh, I can remember on that 18th hole or actually going back to the second round on 16, the pin was, if, Chambers Bay, 16, it was that U.S. Open Sunday pin back right where Jordan Spieth made that huge snaking like 20-footer for birdie um, in the U.S. Open a few years ago. Yeah, and by and the way, like, for those who don't remember, that's the one right along the train tracks. You just, you just, yeah. 15 is the par three with the lone foot. Yeah. 16, mm -hmm. you got that big canting right-hand thing where I forget who it was in the Open that, you know, all they had to do is hit the ball and play, and they yanked it out of bounds, and that was the end of yeah. the game. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, Brandon Grace. But, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I had actually watched the night before Spieth hitting that putt and I was on the opposite side of him. I was in the back of the green and over the ball, I'm just, I'm just like, just like Jordan, just like Jordan. And I just 
rolled it, and it looked almost identical, like just trickled in the front, and it was a, just a huge thing for me. And, and I did the same thing on 18. The final round, I was just – I just told myself, like, hey, just, just like that. I mean, that's all you have to do here. Um, and that really worked for me. I'd never really done that before. Um, but I, I hit a great shot on 18 to 15 feet from 260 yards under all that, uh, pressure. And it was really cool to pull that off, um, in the, in that kind of arena in that moment. Um, and that's something I can draw on moving forward is that I, I can do those things. I can hit those shots. Like even when my legs feel like they're not there and, you know, I can feel like everything shaking and my heart just beating out of my chest. But to know that I can hit those shots on the stretch is a, a really cool thing. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be great for me moving forward. Oh, God, no kidding. That is so cool. I want to talk about the future in just a second. But how do you, how do you practice? Again, back to things that we can take away from yeah. you, obviously. You know, I mean, you're, you're you know, driver. You're probably, what, carry at 320, you know, your <laughs> club head speed 195, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I won't ask you to share your numbers. That's, <laughs> it's a little personal there, Sean. Um, but how do you, you know, I, I mean, you see some, you know, I know that, I mean, I read all this stuff and all of that, you know, watch the videos, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, but how does Sean Cato uh, practice and get ready for a tournament? How much do you work on, say, full swing versus mm-hmm. short game versus actually just going out and playing golf? Yeah. And, and what is, what is that, you know, preparation, that routine look like for you? And, and again, you know, if you were going to work with somebody, a friend, cousin, brother, whatever, and help them get ready to play better competitively, even, even for the club championship or your little member, yeah. ga- member guest or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Thoughts on that. I think it's a, for me, it's a good mix of a little bit of everything. Obviously going into chambers, I knew that uh, leaving yourself in good spots at chambers is extremely important. Um, and I, I did a lot of like short game stuff. Obviously it's the most important part. I would stress that to anyone I know. And I bet any professional would stress that to, to any, any student um, before a tournament. Like, I mean, grinding out those really short putts that, you know, normally you might pick up during a casual round, those become huge. Cause if you miss one, those are the shots that you're going to remember and those you're going to kick yourself for. So I think that is a huge aspect of it. Um, going into this week, I thought I played a lot more than I normally would just to try to um, kind of like focus on like not really my golf swing, but hitting shots, visualizing shots. Um, because when I'm in a tournament, I don't like to, you know, be technical because that's, you know, like the worst thing you can do. Just, try to go out and be an athlete and see the shot, hit the shot, and then maybe take it back to the range and say, hey, I did this really well, this really well. Might need to work on this shot or this lie or this, like when the ball's above my feet or below, or if I need to hit a draw or hit a fade, you know, which one I'm comfortable with so that when I get there, I'm already kind of kind of ready and expecting and I can react better, I think. That was a key for me this for this these last few days 
Yeah, it's fun. I keep reading about, you know, from different people about practicing with purpose and don't just go to the range and beat a ton of balls. I mean, eventually you're going to groove your driver. You just bam, 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 bam. But that's not, du- you know, you can't duplicate that in, in, in a round of golf. And I'm yeah. trying trying to do more of having the discipline to back off every, not just rake and ram and, you know pick a new target and pick a different target every time and imagine like you said you know if it's going to be you know a shot that you play a lot at your home course over you know dog like right you got to hit a slight cut well then can you execute that even on the range and Mm -hmm. it's hard because it's so much easier just to go to the range drop a bucket of balls and just you know just bang away yeah for sure i totally agree yeah it's easy to yeah it's easy to hit balls and not have a purpose but it's also just as easy to, you know, fall into traps of, um, you know, getting the bad habits. Like if you hit a hundred balls doing something, it's going to be take 400 balls to, if you're doing something wrong, you know? So I think it's really important to focus on the little things like your alignment, your posture, grip. Um, and yeah, just be aware of that. And I think that's something that, you know, I look up to, you know, the best players in the world. I know that they're, that's like their routine. Um, and if I want to be like that, I need to, you know, do what they're doing and be as aware when they, like they practice. Oh, right, let's look ahead. Let's, let's, uh, you know, you, you've won the, 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 you know, the state am what, what, first of all, does that get you in, you know, into, do you get, you know, can you go straight to the U S am next year? Does it, does that open some doors for you? <laughs> I <Can> wish, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, no. Um, on the USAM, which is a bummer. I'm going to have to qualify. I missed out on that by a few, maybe I'd say 70 um, US amateur rankings or so, uh, which was kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, hopefully qualifying for that next year. That'd be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Chambers Bay, but, you know, probably would have been even more fun for you to go down and win. Uh, in the USM at, at Bandit. Yeah. But, uh, yes, for sure. <laughs> that's next year. Gives, gives you something to look forward to. So speaking of Oregon, you go to Oregon State. We yep. know that, you know, Pac-12 has canceled the fall season. We know the WAC yeah. has this, I mean, all the conferences, basically. So all that competitive golf's on hold. What, are, what, is, what is Sean doing? And then what, you know, what's going on in your world right now? I take it there's more questions than answers at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not really the person to ask right now. Uh, I don't think anyone uh, anyone in power even really knows. Um, yeah, actually, after my first round on Tuesday, we had a big um, conference call with our AD. And yeah, he even he was, you know, obviously very upset. It's a very uh, difficult situation uh, with everything COVID-related. Um, but, you know, hopefully in the springtime, things are different. Uh, obviously, don't have a crystal ball to see too far in the future here. Um, but yeah, I, I plan to hopefully go back, um, because our coach said that we'll possibly be able to have, um, uh, practice time with the team and maybe we'll do some little competition here and there. And, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bummer. Uh, it's a real big bummer for all college athletes out there right now, you know, not knowing, uh, what's ahead and you know the very limited tournaments that fill up in in five seconds it seems like nowadays um but yeah i'm i'm really bummed about our uh, fall season being canceled and hopefully we can uh get back to it in the springtime 
Yeah. As a parent, I will tell you that I am, I, you know, I feel for all you guys. My daughter was going to be a sophomore at Villanova. She's decided to uh, sit, out, sit out the fall because of all the uncertainty and go, yeah. sit, go sit in a dorm room with a mask on to take online classes for $35,000 a semester. You know, it's like, screw that. So, yeah, that's, but, yeah. but there's an interesting lesson, just like you said, you know, Sure, you can double the first hole, and now you really, you really do have a choice, right? With and it's the same with life. You can sit around and mope and whine and complain, mm-hmm. or you can figure out how to just keep making the best of it. And you have overcome a lot of adversity in your golf career, and and I, I hope that you're able to find ways to do so in life and in golf, and that on the backside of that makes you stronger. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. I mean, they always say that golf is extremely similar to life, and that and uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and golf sucks. Just and for the yes. record. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, I told my caddy walking off 18, I said, I don't know if I love golf more or hate golf more now after walking <laughs> up or going through what I did. <laughs> it, um, it really is amazing. But it's what, I guess, Sean, it's what, what brings us all there. It is the yeah. complexity of, of emotions and that we will never master it. And every yeah. day it faces us, forces us to face ourselves right and to, mm-hmm. to you know and we get to choose how do we act yeah i totally agree i mean i hit a couple very bad shots down the stretch um and i i said to myself like hey man like you you're here for a reason like you belong here you know it's you're not here by accident at all you know you you've put in the work so just kind of go prove it. if it's if it's not enough then it's not enough and you need to change something or you know work harder than you thought your hard work was I came out on top but I know that there's things that I need to do better and I think there's things that I can improve on which is you know the beauty of golf because I played you know phenomenal golf for three rounds but I know there's things that I need to improve and you know get better and continue to grow that's kind of what you know will bring me back to the golf course every day and you know have that energy and drive to keep moving forward. Right on. Well, we're going to be following you closely, Sean. I appreciate you taking some time. And, you know, I know you'd, you'd be out playing and partying and all that were it not for this little global pandemic. So I'm glad that you were available. And I, I really appreciate And I'm sure, you know, I know I got a lot out of talking to you. And maybe someday you'll tee it up with this old 10 handicap or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's Let's make that happen. All right, so there's my conversation with Washington State AM champion Sean Cato. What a cool guy, huh? Just a, a really, uh, you know, really impressive young man. Anyway, I, I do want to give a shout out to everybody at Wagolf for putting on another stellar championship, especially given all the challenges of doing, a, you know, statewide high level event during the COVID limitations. Because you know they, they they have so many things they've had to deal with. And, and they kept everyone up to date with just amazing coverage from the first tee to the trophy presentation. And by the way, Sean and I, you know, you heard us talking about Russell Wilson's mental coach, Trevor Moad, and how much his advice helped propel Sean to victory. Well, I actually had a chance to uh, connect with Trevor earlier this year and sit in on a very special workshop he did for members of BizX. And I immediately went out, bought his book, and devoured it. And I got to tell you, if you're looking to improve your own mental performance and thinking, whether on the golf course or in life in general, I cannot recommend the book at all. It's called It Takes What It Takes. Even if you're just an avid Seahawks or sports fan, it really is a must read. So you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I put a link in the show notes for easy reference. So if you just go to the show notes for the podcast there, you'll see there's a link right there. And trust me, 
it is the best 14 bucks you'll spend this week. Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of Golf Talk Washington. I'm Josh Kearns. Really appreciate you listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, drop me a line on social media. would love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back again soon with our, our next edition. Until then, get out there, tee it up, make sure you hydrate. It's hot out there. Uh, and hit them straight and far. Cheers. Cheers.